to the park rangers for me and walked about Virginia's Island to find answers to my questions. I wish I could have used that charming library for a scene, but this didn't work out. The town of Bolivar received its new name, it had been called Mudfort, about fifty years after the American Revolution. Simon Bolivar was popular in America, and the press called him the George Washington of South America. This was the first town in the United States to be named Bolivar, and a handsome bust of the hero stands outside the library. I want to thank Paul R. Lee II for his lively and informative guide to Virginia's Island. When he wrote of the legend of the Shenandoah, he gave me the title for my book. My special thanks to Megley N. Green for her enthusiastic welcome when we walked into the interpretive design building of the National Park Service. She introduced us to Nancy Hack, whose beautiful maps, drawn for the Park Service, suggested an avocation for my heroine. Megley also sent us to the Division of Conservation, again part of the Park Service, where artifacts are expertly repaired for park displays all over the country. There I discovered an old Civil War drum, which of course really belongs to a character in my story. Every visitor to Harper's Ferry is impressed by the work done by the National Park Service in preserving and presenting the treasures of Harper's Ferry. While I strive to be historically and geographically accurate, I would like to add my apologies for any liberties I may have taken as a fiction writer. In my memory, I can still smell the exotic scents of the herb lady's enchanting shop. I've borrowed it for my story. A good editor is priceless. I have found such an editor in Shea Earhart. Long ago I learned to listen, and my gratitude runs deep. History. The two men in Union Blue stood back to back in pale early dawn light. A thin mist floated around them, mingling with smoke rising from rifles recently fired. The old man was tall and thin, almost to the point of emaciation. His face wore an inner glow of exultation because of what he had just accomplished. The younger man, his son, seemed undistinguished in appearance with the blank, uncomprehending expression of an ordinary man who had committed an extraordinary deed. True, he had killed before in battle, even in hand-to-hand fighting. But this had been an execution. Beyond the aura of thinning mist and the more quickly dissipated gun smoke lay the bodies of the three men they had slain. The dead men also wore blue. Morning scents rose fresh and sweet around the living, contrasting sharply with the scene of death. Just after midnight, a storm had thundered through the gap where two great rivers met and became one, and the younger man breathed deeply of rain-swept air, trying to steady himself. Once more he longed for the peace and safety of his boyhood, and an end to all the killing. Early dawn stillness waited for the sun, The town that lay along the tongue of the peninsula below these heights had hardly stirred in its sleep, too long accustomed to the sounds of gunfire to give heed. Easing his rifle into the crook of an arm, the old man walked across stubbled grass, where tents had been pitched only a week or so before. Now the fields lay empty, except for three sprawled bodies. It is done. Finished, the old man said. He went to check for himself to make sure that no life remained. 
his son watched bleakly, and when his father was satisfied, the two set off to rejoin their regiment. But it was not done, it was not finished. The ending still lay far in the future. The reverberations of what had transpired here would echo through time to touch a generation that would not be born for a hundred years. One of the fallen men regained consciousness and moaned in pain. A small boy of ten, hidden behind the trunk of an oak tree, came fearfully into the open. For a moment he bent over the wounded man, and then ran down a path that cut steeply toward the town and the place where the rivers met. There in Harper's Ferry, he could find help. West Virginia, the present. The woman sat near the herb garden she loved to tend. A nearby redbud tree, about to burst into spring color, shaded her from the morning sun. On her crossed knees rested...